We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Right now, uh, we're pleased to be joined at the fair from another DNR guest. And I, I've kind of made this a tradition when I'm out here now uh, to have folks stop by from the DNR. Right smack dab in the middle of the fairgrounds, one of the most popular spots on the grounds is the big DNR exhibit. And Karen Harrison joins us, the wildfire prevention specialist. Karen, good to visit with you. Thanks for coming by. Thanks so much for having me on today. And we talked before we went on the air. Uh, hot, not, not good considering the drought we've been dealing with. I'm sure someone in your job, a- anyone that's concerned about fire, has uh, got to be a little worried at this time of year. Yes, definitely. With this weekend, too, all the way through Monday, we're, we're watching conditions, paying attention. And anyone who's out there recreating this weekend or gathering with friends, family, thinking about having any kind of fire should be very careful. Wildfire prevention should be top of mind. And, and I, I would assume your department is involved when a, you know, a red flag warning comes up in conjunction with the weather service. You know, we're, you know, no outdoor flame. People need to be extremely careful. You, you coordinate with the weather service and kind of the warnings and the, the, the no burn, that sort of thing? We pay attention to what the weather surface is doing in our um, fire predictive services uh, work closely with the weather service. When there is a red flag warning or a fire weather watch, we want to get that communicated out to the public, and it does um, then put... Um, with having large fires, uh, those are not, burning permits will not be issued or activated. And I I know we see that sometimes in the spring, and we could very well see it again in the fall. In the middle of the growing season, not as much of a concern, but uh, when the uh, leaves start to drop, etc., crops start to dry out and it's time for harvest. That's got to be a big concern. Yeah, September is a really big transition month, so we're always kind of looking at what's coming up, what's predicted. And you're right, especially even if we have a hard freeze, which can happen in September, that's going to kill the vegetation, especially those smaller grasses or small brush um, bushes, things like that, and create a lot of fuel available for fire to spread quickly. Yeah, and we, we've seen some of the devastating wildfires around the country. Hawaii comes to mind, a tragedy. California out west, they've dealt with it. In general, we've been fortunate, but there is a history of terrible wildfires here in the state of Minnesota as well. Yes, there have been. We've, like you mentioned, this year, pretty average for Minnesota, the number of fires we've had. It's gone up and down, so we've had high points and low points throughout the summer, the drought being one of the main reasons that we've had more issues in the summertime than normal. Um, But yeah, it's definitely a concern. And in the fall, I think people maybe aren't thinking about it as much, but yeah, with all that dry vegetation, we tend to have fires that burn larger and deeper. So they can be harder to put out and take a lot more resources. Um, And let's, let's talk about that component. I would assume your, your job in prevention is one thing, and then beyond that, 
There, there's firefighters on standby ready to deal with these blazes, um, and that's an incredibly dangerous, important job, uh, and I'm glad there are people that are willing to do it because you, you see you see these videos from these fire zones, and it's just, wow. I, I can't believe there's people working trying to slow these fires and ultimately put these fires out. Yeah, we have uh, wildland firefighters that are working all types of environments, really harsh conditions. You know, here in Minnesota, our fire season is mainly in the spring. It starts in March whenever the snow is melting, but we've had fires when there's still snow on the ground. It can be zero degrees, and we're out there uh, dealing with frozen pumps and trying to stay warm up to, you know, working in 100-degree heat. So it, it... it's quite a range of environments that we are working in. And, and what, what about the firefighters? I've always wondered about this. Are, are they are they full time? Are they volunteers? Are they part time? The the training, etc. Because this is a lot different than fighting a structure fire, for instance. Yeah, we have a lot of seasonal staff that we bring on as smoke chasers. Uh, our fire leads are seasonal staff as well. Some of those are full time DNR staff, but work as fire leads. Um, in the fire season and then all of our forestry staff also play a role in fire so all of our foresters work on wildfire suppression and we have a lot of other staff too like our financial department will deploy and work on fires um, when they get larger so we have all types of positions and doing you know getting resources doing the finances communicating to the public as well as those right on the front line and I, I suppose in, in your job in wildfire prevention, we, we talk a lot about the human component, about being extremely careful uh, when you're out, uh, when you, you shouldn't, uh, shouldn't have open flame. But there's got to be other parts of it as well that, that go into it, and there's probably a lot of resources dedicated to that prevention effort. Yeah, in Minnesota, 98% of wildfires are caused by humans, and almost all of those are unintentional. So there's so many things that we can do and steps that people can take to help prevent wildfires in Minnesota. And we think of all of our amazing natural resources that we have here. You know, let's let's do what we can to help prevent, you know, save and protect those natural resources as well as our property and lives. So, like this weekend, for example, think about... If you are having a campfire, you should keep it small. It should be three feet by three feet or smaller. Clear any vegetation from around where you're having your fire. And then most importantly, the two things that are important. Always attend your fire and then make sure it's completely out. You should drown it with water. Stir, repeat until it's out cold. Yeah, and I, I would assume using equipment in the outdoors uh, ATVs, chainsaws, uh, generators, etc. at a campsite, all of those things can cause fires as well, obviously. Yeah, our vehicles and ATVs, those exhausts and motor systems can reach 1,000 degrees. It only takes 500 degrees to start a wildfire, especially in heat like this. So you want to park on gravel or pavement whenever possible in your vehicle and make sure it's, uh, you do your safety checks want to make sure it's maintained and has a spark arrester. Um, also, we've had you know issues with lawnmowers and other agricultural equipment too. So if you hit a rock with your metal blade and you get create sparks, 
make sure you're looking for smoke, looking behind you as you're working and haven't started any fires, and call 911 right away if you do see something. Yeah, because it, it is amazing how quickly this gets out of hand. I, I, I think we're more familiar with western wildfires, but the, the, there, there is no doubt that this can go from a small fire to something out of control in a hurry. Yeah, in Minnesota, you can have a beautiful, sunny, calm morning. By afternoon, the wind's picked up. You might have 50-mile-per-hour gusts. So wildfire that starts could easily spread really quickly, especially when we have a lot of dry fuels like we've talked about with this drought conditions. Yeah, and it, is in, it doesn't look like it's going to get any better. We're, we're keeping an eye on the weather, and there, there is a bit of a chance of rain, but nothing in the foreseeable future. Good news is it will cool down. Uh, a little bit later in the week. You did bring some gear here. Now, I know it's radio, but I, I think people have maybe seen firefighters in the field and they see some of that reflective gear, etc. I mean, it's got to be incredibly hot. I mean, I can't imagine putting on all that gear and, and be, you know, fighting a wildfire in these conditions. Yeah. It's, it is, and, and it is very different from a structural firefighter. Their gear is a lot heavier. Ours is more made a little bit differently to be flame and heat resistant, but also flexible so we can move and, and hike and do things like that, working hard on the fire line. But, yeah, we have a bright yellow shirt. Uh, helps keep us visible out in the field. Yeah. It's called a Nomex material, which is the flame heat resistant. Um, our wildfire helmet specifically designed for wildfire work. Uh, but we do carry a fireline pack, which is like a blue, typically they're blue, not always, but a pack that we carry all the things that we need for our, our shift out on the day. So if we're in remote areas in particular, you need to bring everything that you need for the whole day. So you have a gallon to a gallon and a half of water. You have your fire shelter, which is your last line of defense if you get caught. Then you have your first aid kit, your lunch, your snacks, everything that you need. So it can vary from like 20 to 40 pounds, and wow. you need to carry that at all times when you're out working in the uh, um, on the fire line. Hey, and it is, I, I would assume there's always a need uh, for, for people willing to do that work. I mean, if, if people are fascinated by that, do they reach out to the DNR? Where do they want to go if they... They want to do that important work of firefighting. Yeah, so we offer trainings. It's a week-long course, and you have to pass an endurance test I'm as sure. well. Uh, a lot of our classes are in March, and but sometimes we have some in the fall as well. So people can look on the mndnr.gov. They can search for wildland firefighting, and there's some information there on different types of fire wildland fire jobs. Or they can, yeah, contact their local forestry office as well, ask about smoke chasing and other opportunities. And speaking of that, uh, here, uh, that big tower on the DNR uh, grounds at the, at the DNR exhibit here at the Minnesota State Fair is that fire tower. And with all our technology and radar and imaging, et cetera, that, that, that tower is a big deal. And they're, they're scattered all over the state, and those are important during fire season. They can be. You know, we don't actually use them very much anymore. So when we have really high fire danger, there's a couple that we might still use. We predominantly use aerial detection these days, but it's a great piece of history to talk oh, about, for sure. you know, how we've used them for so many years to look for smoke and just all the history behind that. So it's fun to climb up, check out the view. Yeah. On a clear day, you can see 10 miles. 
So it's a really cool opportunity. Yeah, and it, I, I remember uh, seeing those up north once upon a time. We, we used to go to this resort uh, called Quadna outside of Hill City. And on top of the ski hill at Quadna, they had one of those towers. And you could get almost all the way up. You couldn't get in, but you could climb the ladder. And it, and it was spectacular. It is a piece of history that that was the way that fires were detected, that there would literally in fire season be a ranger up there keeping an eye out. Yeah. Yeah, they'd have to sit up there for hours and hours. They weren't allowed to read books because it was too distracting. They had to keep their eyes, you know, out. Yeah. All around watching for the smoke. So, yeah, really, really cool piece of history up there. And, and what's great about it here at the fair is that folks can still climb up there. Yeah, check it 84 out. steps to the top of the one here on the state fairgrounds. And we have a list of other ones in our wildfire prevention building that you can climb around the state still. Yeah, that is really neat. Well, it's been good to visit with you, Karen. Thanks so much. Pleasure to meet you. Thanks for all your work and all those firefighters in the state. Thanks for having me today. All right, Karen Harrison from the DNR, wildfire prevention specialist, and she will be at the fair through Monday, Labor Day. And uh, the DNR exhibit is always uh, one of the busiest spots on the fairgrounds. I got to see the fish pond as well. Always enjoyable. Every year at the fair, got to stop by and see the fish. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one. They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.